Hey, welcome to Project Freelance, the show all about helping you become a better freelancer. Happy Monday. I hope you guys are excited for this episode. I'm excited for it. Today, I'm going to be talking to Silvia Pino, all the way from Portugal, who is an expert at Upwork and how to make your profile better, how to get better clients, and how to raise your rates. Let's get into the show. So if you're new to Project Freelance, my name is K, just the letter K. I actually have a new Instagram. It is just the letter K underscore image, I-M-G. I decided to create a new, you know, Instagram account for my freelancing stuff specifically because I was putting it on my account, no tracers, but that has just turned into my urban exploring page. So if you're into urban exploring, abandoned places and things like that, definitely go check out that page. But all my freelance stuff is over at just the letter K underscore I-M-G. If you guys want to see the photography I do, the video work I do, and some other, you know, odds and ends, voiceover, graphic design, things like that, go check out that Instagram. Uh, I'll put the handle down in the description for you guys. But before we get into this episode with Sylvia, I just, just a few housekeeping things. First of all, I would like to thank the partner of this podcast, Liquid Death Mountain Water. As I said last week, one of my huge goals for 2023 is to drink more water. And thanks to Liquid Death, I am able to do that. Thank you guys so much for supplying me with cases of water whenever I'm thirsty. I appreciate you guys. If you guys want to get a case or several cases of Liquid Death Mountain Water, you can go to liquiddeath.com, use promo code just the letter K, and you can get a discount 10% off of your order at liquiddeath.com. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoy the show, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback. And if you do that, I will mail you a signed photo print of a photo that I have taken as a way of saying thank you for supporting the podcast. If you are a veteran listener, if you've been listening for a while, please leave a rating and feedback. It helps us find a broader audience of listeners just like you. All right, let's get into this episode. Sylvia, please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the Project Freelance audience. Hi, my name is Sylvia, and I'm a freelance social media manager and an online educator from Portugal. I help fun brands uh, manage your social media and create content and all that good stuff. And I also help other freelancers, you know, get their foot into freelancing and get started using Upwork and other freelance strategies, if you will, to get started getting clients. Nice. So first of all, welcome to the show. Um, can we go to your, like into your background? Like what, what, what was your, uh, upbringing like? And then like, what's your education background as well? Did you go to university to study this stuff or did you kind of, are you like self-made? Um, I mean, I did go to university, not like as in a strategic plan to go into anything specific, Um, I actually started before I went to university. I started freelancing in 2013 um, and then freelanced my way through university and, you know, eventually continued doing it full time after I left. I I mean, I can say it helped a little bit because my my degree is in multimedia arts. So um, I learned a bit of video and everything like that. But apart from that, it's mostly, you know, self-taught, online courses, all that good stuff. Um, and I've also learned a lot by doing and by trying different services out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started as a virtual assistant. So I got okay. to test, you know, different types of services and figure out what what I enjoyed doing the most, which was social media. 
So why did you choose to go the freelance route? Like what kind of pushed you in that direction versus having a quote unquote real job? And have you had any like real jobs? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> I, I always heard like here in Portugal, you hear a lot about like people going out of college and having no, no jobs and a lot of unemployment. And I, first of all, I never wanted to <laughs> experience that. Uh, but more even than that, it was just, I was bored one summer, you know, summer vacation. I didn't know what to do and I wanted to make some money to go to concerts actually. Nice. Um, so I just typed in on Google how to make money online. And I believe like a listicle article popped up with Upwork as an option. Um, back then it was called Odesk. And I just signed up. <laughs> I like to say it probably wasn't like a big, as big of a competition back then because my problem, my profile probably sucked. Uh, <laughs> but I eventually got a job and liked it. So I continued. That's wild. So you've been on Upwork longer than I have. So it was Odesk and then it was Elance, which is when mm -hmm. I joined and then it became Upwork. So you've been on there like a little bit longer than I have. So I um, think they merged them. I think that's correct. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what what was your experience like back then, like getting started on there? Like you said, the, the competition wasn't as like fierce back then. Mm -hmm. So can you compare that to what it's like now for like people that are trying to get on Upwork now? I know people that are trying to get on and they're having a hard time getting their first job on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot and I always try to help people as much as I can. Um, I would say there's obviously a lot of competition now. There's a lot of people that want to go freelance, but there's also a lot more clients, I guess, like mm -hmm. a lot more small businesses and a lot of people starting online based businesses that want to work with freelancers. Um, and a lot of the competition, I'll say, is kind of mediocre at best. Yeah. A lot of people don't try hard enough. They just hear, oh, freelancing is cool and it gives you freedom and whatever. And they slap a profile, like two sentences on their profile and send like 10 proposals. Um, and then they say it doesn't work mm -hmm. <laughs> because they didn't, they didn't do the work themselves. So I feel like if you really do your homework, you really figure out what you want to offer and who you want to offer it to, and you don't treat this as a hobby, <laughs> as a quick make money-making scheme, you will eventually get there and you will be in front of probably more than half of the applicants. Um, just being honest, like the people trying out for that same job. And it will be... Obviously, you will have to submit applications to probably a lot of jobs, but it will be much easier to get, um, you know, get found and give get the clients to give you the time of day because they see a lot of copy and paste proposals yeah. all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's a lot about standing out and, you know, doing your homework, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was recently talking to someone and they were saying that they have the problem with like some jobs are require like you have a minimum earnings on Upwork. Mm -hmm. So like if you're new to it and you don't have that, like what are some ways that you can start getting those jobs? I mean, like you just said, obviously, like you need to have a profile that stands out. But like 
is there another way to like get your foot in the door with these bigger jobs when you know you have the you know the experience or whatever but maybe not on upwork specifically is there like a way to i don't know explain that you're new to upwork in a right in the right way um i haven't actually seen a lot of jobs that require uh specifically like minimum earnings Uh but i've seen a lot that have like you know requirements and those are not like set in stone i've applied for things that i don't meet all the requirements Uh and i've gotten them so it's like a preference if you will um but i'll say if you don't have experience on upwork um whether the client like asks for experience on upwork or not um it it goes a long way to have a portfolio testimonials and a video i think those three things build trust like no other and you can actually request testimonials from people who you've worked with outside of work maybe even a past employer if they're cool with that um and you can obviously do like personal projects or um, mock portfolio items to fill out your portfolio and show what you can do um and obviously i i love recording videos for uh, as a way to stand out from the crowd mm-hmm. so i do have a video on my upper profile and oftentimes i actually go the extra mile and send a, a video that i record using loom um as part of my proposals like a an intro to the client and i've gotten great responses from that so it's just finding ways to build that trust when you don't have those upwork based reviews to do that for you mm-hmm. So with that Loom video, are, is that one video that you send to like multiple potential clients or do you do a specific video for each proposal you submit? Yeah. So the the profile video is just one video, mm-hmm. um, but the Loom proposals are one for each client. Wow. And I, I don't do them for all the jobs, oh, okay. but for the ones I really, really want um, or the ones I feel like I have more to say. Um, for example, when I do social media, right? So if a client includes their Instagram username, for example, I like to pull up their Instagram and my screen and, you know, record kind of a little audit, if you will, like mm. a quick one to two minute thing saying, hey, this is what I like about your profile and this is what I would probably do better if we're working together and really show that you know your stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that goes a long way. That's a great idea. You know, I I never thought about doing like a catered video for each proposal, but I mean, it makes sense. And, you know, one thing I've noticed as a videographer and video editor, mostly the on the editing side recently with Upwork, maybe the past, I don't know, six months, it's become a trend to <laughs> to run your own like social media agency, right? So everyone's like, I run an agency and we make like bulk social media content for different clients, whatever. So they, they'll offer the job and the job will be like $7 per video, which is like nothing, you know, like (laughs) how, how do you get around or how do you get away from those like low paying jobs on Upwork? Like, I feel like a lot of people that have been on the platform for a while, they aren't going to want to do a job for $7 per video. That just seems like silly to me. 
Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people talk about Upwork and they mention that, right? Like the low-balling clients. And I got to say, I I have obviously had clients on Upwork trying to low-ball my offers. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the actually the... The most low-balled I've ever been was actually on Instagram, which is funny hmm. because people always talk about Upwork as like the place for cheap clients. <laughs> right. um, but answering your question, like I like filtering the jobs I look at and really don't even look at anything entry level unless it's like a first beta client. Mm-hmm. They they actually have three levels of jobs on Upwork. They have entry level, intermediate, and I believe expert. Yeah. So I would never look at entry level because that's where you'll probably find the cheapest clients. Yeah. And you can also filter by budget or hourly rate. And another thing you can do is actually, if you look at the specific job, you can see the average hourly rate they pay for past freelancers. So mm-hmm. even if they're offering like, you know, a, a higher rate, you can check to see if in the past they have paid, you know, Less. something that fits with yeah. their budget. Right. Yeah. And I think the the main problem I'm running into with that is, you know, they'll set the budget as you know, a thousand dollars and you're like, oh, sick. I, this sounds dope. And then you start reading. It's a thousand the, for like a thousand. For like a thousand videos. videos. And you're like, yeah. oh no, I'm not, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's, that's the main problem I've run into with that recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I use other sites aside from Upwork. And I think that it's important that people kind of, um, branch out a little bit from it, you know, just because like, if you're, if you're trying to fill your schedule, Upwork might, might not be the one thing that like fills your schedule completely. So, I mean, I know that you, you specify mostly on Upwork, um, but mm-hmm. are there any other websites that you would recommend for people to get into the freelancing world? Um, I haven't really dived into a lot of other websites. I have tried Fiverr, but I'll admit oh I sold like one or two gigs and <laughs> never again. Yeah. Um, but I always recommend freelancers have like at least two places mm-hmm. where they're marketing their services. Right. For me, you know, I'm a social media manager. So I always say like one freelancing platform and one social media platform. Um, you also don't want to be everywhere and like right. so spread out that you don't have time for everything and can't do any of them like to their full potential. Um, But for me, it's mostly, like I said, you know, Upwork and Instagram. I know some people prefer LinkedIn because it's Mm. more professional and has more professional people there. Um, But wherever you can use to really showcase your work and if possible, the reviews from past happy clients and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely helpful to be in more more than one place. Yeah. So I remember recently I saw a video on your Instagram where you were talking about like you need to find the right kind of clients because like if you work with somebody that's difficult to work with, then you're going to you know, run into potential problems like they they might leave you a bad review or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that, which can really affect your profile. And I I don't think people understand the gravity of that, because like if you go under, say, 90 percent, you know, success rate or whatever, then people can start like, you know, not hiring or, you know, people are more likely to not hire you for things like that. So can you just touch on that a little bit more um, about finding the right clients for you? 
Yeah, I think it's um, sometimes it's a bit hit or miss. It's a bit hard to find some of the red flags, but some of the red flags I really like to look for is clients that, and this mostly will not be from the job post itself. Sometimes it can be, but oftentimes I find these red flags in the first conversation with a client via messages. Mm. Um, and I look for clients that either feel like they're too demanding or that they're not never happy with the work someone yeah. does. I, I see a lot of clients start a relationship by kind of shitting on other freelancers. Yeah. And that, that's like the biggest no-go. Mm -hmm. Or clients that start, this happened recently to me, that start by kind of questioning your rates or questioning the way you do your work. Yeah. And all those things, especially for beginners, can be easy to kind of ignore or try to brush off and right. be like, oh, it'll get better. <laughs> it's probably not that bad. It doesn't but get better. It, yeah, it only gets worse, <laughs> right? Um, so trying to look out for those kind of, it's mostly around respect. If you mm -hmm. look at it, like um, the client needs to see you as the professional, not as just their, their slave almost. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I had a, a client recently where I had, a, you know, something similar. They were kind of talking trash about the previous person that edited for them and their, their job was for a speed editor like somebody who could hmm. quickly edit photos because they had like hundreds of photos that they needed edited yeah. from like past the past year of like their wedding shoots or whatever. And they literally started out like the last editor I had sucked, couldn't handle it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, let me give this yeah. a shot. And then I realized how much more they were asking for than what they initially had asked for. And I was like, look, I can't physically do this job you know like mm -hmm. because it's so demanding and like so much has to be done I was like you need like a team of people to do yeah. this really kind of like you see why the other person quit exactly or why I, they I, did, I literally like I said like uh, well I didn't say but I, I thought to myself like <laughs> yeah. like wow now I understand why this other editor stopped doing the job you know and I, they ended up leaving me like a two-star review with no mm. feedback and I was like oh god there there we go you know so now that's like slapped in the middle of my profile but obviously it's sandwiched w between my other like five-star reviews yeah. so anyone looking at my profile will realize like something must have happened during that you know and if anything they can inquire about it but for you how did you find your worth and like how how did you figure out like what to charge people for your mm. jobs that's a hard one <laughs> because like especially living in Portugal and kind of with the mindset that I started with like oh this is a way to not go into unemployment yeah. or just try to make minimum wage or a little bit more than that I definitely ch undercharged for years mm. <laughs> it was it was not good and I, the thing is I had nobody to compare myself to I didn't have like a community or like you know online courses weren't weren't really a thing or at least I didn't come across them that often and you know it took me a while and actually it was a client that reached out to me and was like can I pay you more <laughs> I will pay you more and that was such a big wake-up call because I was like, how dumb do you need to be <laughs> to want to pay me more than what I'm, you know, proposing to you? Um, but after that, 
she actually taught me to raise my rate with each new client that I got, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, because it's not just like you improve your skill. Obviously, you do. But you get a lot of experience with each new client on how to deal with clients and obviously how to do your service as well. And I think especially for those first few clients, it's very important to raise your rates. And one thing, I actually did a video about this recently, so it's fresh in my mind. I have always recommend like looking, obviously you don't want to copy anyone, but I always say to look at other freelancers' profiles and everything like that. You can actually browse them on Upwork mm-hmm. and, you know, get inspired, not only for your profile copy, but like see what they're charging, see what their experience is and see what's possible because I definitely didn't do that. And it, I lost a lot of money because of that. Yeah. So look at what's out there and set like a goal for yourself and then raise your rates with each new client until you get to that dream rate. Um, and then don't stop there <laughs> because yeah. I feel like with each, I don't know, like each set of clients or at least every couple of months, you should rethink your rates and update them because you're constantly learning, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of, and I hate to say this, there are a lot of scams on Upwork. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, quote unquote, the victim of a scam back in the day when I was a young, naive freelancer, you know, uh, basically long story short, this client on Upwork was posing as a major clothing brand saying that like they need me to take photos of their new fall line of clothes. Mm-hmm. And they sent me a check, which again, like for people that are on Upwork, don't ever take your job off of Upwork because that's where you're going to get scammed. That's where things go wrong. Um, So definitely keep it on the platform. But for you, have you ever been like scammed or screwed over by a client or have you ever run into any problems like that? I feel like the biggest problem I found was like a client wanting a refund. Uh. And they were like, we don't like it. And we can't tell you what we don't like. Uh, (laughs) We just want our money back. One of those. Yeah, but actually Upwork was pretty cool with it. And they did pay me in the end because they saw it was i believe a fixed price job uh-huh. so how those work is the uh, the client pays the full price to upwork and they keep it so in case i don't deliver they can give it back to the client or in case i do deliver and the client doesn't want to pay they can give it back to me which was what happened mm-hmm. um so i actually had a pretty good experience at that time but i i know a lot of people that do get scammed And I have done a lot of videos on the topic and I have actually like went into chasing those scammers and actually talking to them to see what the scam was about. Mm. So there's a lot of things to obviously look out for, but the main thing is really, like you said, taking things off the platform, either payment or conversation. I feel like nowadays it's a lot of, it used to be like taking things to Skype and doing Skype interviews. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> but now it's like Telegram and WhatsApp, mostly Telegram. Yeah. So if a client like in the job post or in the messages sends you a Telegram link, just let them know it's actually against terms of services on Upwork to talk outside the platform until you have a contract, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. So let them know, hey, I'm happy to discuss this with you on Upwork, but I won't take it to Telegram. 
And if you do take it to Telegram and you're still convinced it's a real <laughs> job, because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, oh, um, I see the company is legit. And they actually sent them the website to some random company and right. whatever. Um, a lot of other great, uh, great red flags to look out for is if they obviously per, um, promise you a lot of money for like exactly. a copy and paste job. Mm-hmm. That's a scam. If they send you a PDF to choose from different uh, projects with different rates, that's a scam. And if they ask you to pay for like payment fees or for an ID card, those are very common. Just block the person and cut your losses. Yeah, for sure. It's not worth getting, you know, you know, your profile flagged or, you know, getting into further you know financial trouble with yeah and the thing is they keep asking i did this once and i sent them like fake payment slips to keep them (laughs) talking to me and they'll keep asking like if they see you pay them they'll ask for more and more and more and more and it'll never stop so (laughs) it's not worth it at all yeah absolutely um and then what questions did you have as a freelancer that you now know the answer to, like when you were first starting out? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like my biggest struggle was really around pricing. I was really wondering what was possible out there. Um, but I also wondered a lot about like what do clients want to see? Like, how can you speak to them? And I've find that this is a a common one with freelancers, especially when I look at the proposals they're sending Mm. and I try to review them because we tend to want to talk about us and our experience and how we're the perfect person for the job. And we forget to talk about the client and their needs. But this goes for both the proposal and the profile. Um, But like, you really want to talk obviously about what you can do, but how that will look like for them, how that will impact their business. Will they get more sales? Will they get more free time? Will they be able to spend that free time on other areas of their business that only they can do? Like really try to sell the results and what it will look like for them. And also kind of try to show that you understand them. Mm. Um, like show that you know where they're coming from. And that's where (laughs) that homework that I was talking about in the beginning comes in. Like you really want to understand them as much as possible. And again, that's something that obviously comes with time as well. Like you'll get to know them better and better, but that's something you can do a little bit of research in the beginning for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I wanted to, ask you this question and I feel like this is this is one of those that might like take a second to answer so like take your time with it um what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started hmm good question (laughs) this is the one that everyone's like wait hold on I gotta think about this for a second because it's it's yeah. it's my favorite question to ask everybody. This is how I wrap up the show, and I think that it's the one that you know. If you could like give advice to your younger self, yeah. I mean, I feel like a broken record, but my mind keeps going back to pricing. Yeah. Like, there's so much 
possibility that I had no idea in the beginning. Mm. The like, what do you mean I can make more than minimum wage like per client and yeah. work with multiple clients at once? Like if you told myself like 10 years ago that I would not believe you. <laughs> I would think, oh, but if I can do it for $5 an hour, like why would I charge a hundred, <laughs> right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it didn't click with me at the time. And now I, thankfully, I, I don't take less than that. You know, I, I don't take no for an answer. I don't negotiate rates. That yeah. was a big one. Whenever a client, you know, got back to me and tried to negotiate, I would try to meet them in the middle. And now I, I still try to, you know, cater to them, mm -hmm. but I try to lower the services I'm offering to meet their budget. I, wow. I don't try to do the same thing for half the price. Right. No, that's a great, great way to look at it. You know, come down to where they are instead of like, you know, offering everything for a lower price. That, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And another one that just popped in my head, boundaries. Uh, mm. I made a lot of mistakes in that as well. Um, for example, I know this one example really well. Like I had a client in the job post, they said they wanted me to work from what was, I believe, 4 to 7 p.m. my time every day. Um, and eventually I started because, you know, I had nothing else better to do. I started responding to them at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. And then one time when I didn't respond at that hour, um, they got mad. <laughs> they were like, why weren't you online? Why weren't you responding? And I was like, as per our contract, it's yeah. four to seven. And you messaged me at 10. And uh. he was like, oh, but you always respond. <laughs> so <laughs> what was different? Um, so really setting those boundaries and sticking to them, I think is the key part here, can can really go a long way. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, setting those boundaries is extremely important and people often forget that that's a part of this, but I, I truly think that boundaries are important when it comes to that client relationship because they will take advantage of you if given the opportunity to. You know? Yeah, so. for sure. Um, well, thank you for coming on Project Freelance and sharing your story and your insights. If people want to maybe hire you for a job or if they want to see more tips and tricks that you have about Upwork and freelancing in general, uh, where can they go to find you online? Yeah, so to hire me, just search for my name on Upwork. I think that's the best way and I should probably pop up pretty pretty much on top um, for learning from me and checking out what I do um, on socials. It's at the Sylvia Pino. Hopefully you can put that in the show notes because yeah, I know not everyone can spell it. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, but I'm mostly on Instagram and I'm on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, same name, same handle, probably. <laughs> awesome. Thank and I you. do a lot of content about Upwork and freelancing. All right, guys, that was my episode with Sylvia Pino uh, from Portugal. Super cool to have this conversation with her about all things Upwork, freelancing, and how to get better clients that are more bang for your buck. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Project Freelance. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and feedback. It means a lot to me as a podcaster, and it helps this podcast grow. It helps us find more listeners just like you. 
If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and feedback so that we can grow our audience and get this information out to more people on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to come on the show, you can email me. My email is down in the show notes as well as my social media. If you guys are interested in following, please follow along. Appreciate you guys. Project Freelance on Instagram and Twitter. And I will talk to you next week with another episode. Hope you have a great week. Stay strong. Keep enduring.